know what he's talking about. So I think there's like a club scene going on. So I show up with my dancing clothes on and my dancing shoes on. Now, I'm not the guy, I couldn't dance, but I'm the guy who thought he could dance, but really couldn't, you know. Come on, you got to help me out here a little bit. I mean, I would clear the floor, cause, not because I was good, because I was dangerous. And so they invited me to this, this meeting, and it was a one of those slanted lecture halls. It, it seated over 300, and it was a slanted lecture hall, and it didn't have much more of a space than, you know, this stage area, not even this big. And the band was set up down there, and I was like, well, where, where do they dance? I was about to find out. When they got into the praise and worship, it was lively, and people started dancing in the aisles and dancing. You know, you ought to start dancing because this worship team's too good to not be dancing. And, and, and this don't qualify. I'm sorry, that just don't qualify. That ain't dancing. That's like swaying to the beat, you know. No. Come on, David danced before the Lord with all of his. You know, you, you know the second hardest job in the church is not preaching. It's being a worship leader when the people are dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> that, that's why we close our eyes. Oh, thank you. Too. We're, we're worshiping you because we can't look out at God's frozen chosen. <laughs> so, they, so they're dancing and they're getting into it. I'm thinking, okay, this is really kind of wild. But, you know, the music was cool. And I thought this is all right. Then they got to these slower songs, and the guy that brought me, I was way up in the lecture hall. I didn't want to get down close, and, and they, but they were smart. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. So they stuck me in the middle and put big people on either end of the row so I couldn't escape. Y'all looking at me strange tonight. And so he got to the slow songs, they got the slow songs, and this guy got down, and he started weeping and crying. And he just started crying over Jesus. And I went, oh, no, no, no. And I literally prayed. I said, Lord, get me out of here. <laughs> but I stayed. And then they did, they did tag team preaching. Four people did a part of the message. And the fourth guy got up. And he was a football player, quarterback, for that had been a former quarterback for University Pacific Campus. He got up and he began to preach on find a church that preaches the word of God. Because I'm telling you, we have too many churches that don't preach the word. They preach psychology and feel-good messages, but they're not preaching the word. My, my feel-good messages and my psychology cannot transform a life, but the word of God. Sure. <laughs> so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. He began to quote on what the scripture says about itself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were created by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the one and only begotten of the Father. He sent His Word and healed them. The Word of God is like a two-edged sword. He just quoted one after another. And I was, it was like hitting me. I was like, whoa, wow. I didn't even know. I didn't know the Bible at all. I didn't even know the New Testament and the Old Testament were in the same book. And so it was making sense to me. But then he got down and he said, remember, I Catholic Church, I didn't know nothing. He said, if anybody wants to give their life to Jesus, just, I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. I was like, I'm not, no, 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 I want no David Koresh stuff going on here or some cold leader. I'm checking it out. 
And he said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hands. And I put my hands under my legs. I was like, you preach good, but I'm not raising my hands. And four people raised their hand. And then he said, if you raised your hand, I want you to come down forward. And I was like, whew, I am glad I didn't raise my hand. And the first guy that goes down, he was what we refer to here in the States as a nerd. I mean, he had, he had, big, old, he had big old glasses broken with tape in the middle. He had, he had, his pants were way up here. He had buck teeth here, and he, and he had pimples the size of Mount Vesuvius. And he started coming down, here I am. And I looked at him, and I thought to myself, this guy needs God. Some of you are not getting this yet. I was a heathen. I thought like a heathen, all right? This guy needs God. Then the next two people went down were average, ordinary people. But the fourth guy went down, was about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, had his football letter, letter jacket on, good-looking guy, perfect body. He's dressed with some fine jewelry, and he's going down there. And I said, no, wait a minute. He's got the looks. He's got the body. He's got the talent. He's got money, and we know he has the most important things. He's got the ladies. What does he need Jesus for? Now, if I look like Steve Urkel, if I look like the nerd, I'd be running to Jesus. Here I am. But, but if, I, if I had with this guy, what is he going down there for? So I'm watching. I'm checking this out. I'm, so he gets down there, and the four of them get down there. He said, lift your hands. They all lift their hands. He led them through the sinner's prayer to give their life to Jesus. And then the preacher went down and started laying hands on each of them one at a time. First, he went down to the nerd. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And he laid his hands on him, and the guy just fell to the ground. I stood up. I said, no way. The dude passed out. He went to the next person. Boom, they fell down. He went to the next person. Boom, they fell down. I thought to myself, this preacher's got some bad breath or something. <laughs> then, he went to the, then he went to the football player. And I thought, there ain't no way this guy is falling down. So he goes to lay hands on him. He was tall. <laughs> and he doesn't fall down, but he starts to cry like a little baby. I don't mean none of this Pentecostal. I mean, he was snotting and spitting everywhere. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, no, no, no. I said, guys like this, jocks like this in America, do not cry over Jesus in front of 300 of their fellow students. This has got to be real. And all of a sudden, my hands begin to shake. A numbness started going up and down my arms and up and down my legs. People said, what happened to you? I said, I got mugged by the Holy Ghost. For 40 minutes, that minister continued to call out people, continued to minister to people and pray for people. Thank God for long altar calls. Because what they would have dismissed, I would have been out. After 40 minutes, and I heard two voices. I heard a voice on this side saying, give your life to Jesus, whispering. A voice on this side screaming, no, keep doing your drugs. After 40 minutes, I bowed my head. 
I closed my eyes. I said, God, no one next to me could have heard me. The band was playing. People were singing. I said, if this is really you, if this is not phony or fake, but if this is really you, have that preacher call me out of the audience. I opened my eyes. I looked way down. And he was standing down there like this with his eyes closed. And as I looked towards him, he tilted his head like he was listening to something. And I went, uh-oh. And he opened his eyes and he scanned the audience and he pointed right to me out of 300 students that said, young man, the Lord wants you down here. My jaw hit the floor. I didn't even ask the big people to move aside. I just climbed over rows of chairs to get down there. When I got down there, he said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? I said, I'm scared. I started crying. I was freaked out. I had just prayed a specific prayer, and within 30 seconds, God answered that prayer. Because my Catholic God didn't answer nobody's prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When I was, because I, I didn't know. I'm not beating up the Catholics, all right? He calmed me down. He said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? I said, yes. Lift your hands. I lifted my hands. I made a confession of Christ, my Lord and Savior. He put his hands on his, my head. He began to bind the power of Satan over my life. And I had a lot of power of the devil in my life. And then he said these words, Jesus, fill him right now. And as soon as he said, said now, it was like a lightning bolt from heaven came down, hit me in my gut, exploded through my body. I couldn't even stand. I fell to the ground. I was physically pinned to the ground for 40 minutes as it felt like a river of pure power and love pouring through my body. I literally heard the sound of millions of voices singing an indescribable song. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices more for the salvation of one soul than the righteous acts of a hundred. I heard heaven's party. And I literally felt the saw the bodily presence of Jesus come, hover over my body, and he was smiling. When I finally could sit up 40 minutes later, I had been instantaneously delivered from five years of drug addiction. I never had a back withdrawal. I never went through any program. I never even had a desire to do it again. Because the Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, some people say, Brother Steve, I don't believe God does that. Well, too late. God did it before you could tell me. So then two days later, I'm in another meeting. There they were preaching on unforgiveness, and I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my stepmother. And I forgave her, and they prayed for me again. The power of God hit me again. And then I was in the aisle a little bit later on my knees worshiping God. Now, I don't know about y'all, but... It only took two days to get me on my knees worshiping. And some of y'all, well, man, I, I know what I had experienced, and that's why I was just willing to worship him. And while on my knees, God showed me all the plans I had for my life before me. I just saw them like in a flash before me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I've called you to preach my gospel. And I said, yes, Lord, I will. And when I said that, I literally saw my dreams go off in the distance. And waves of power started coming over my body. And I started to speak in a different language. I didn't know what it was. I had never heard about this thing called tongues. But I started speaking. It wasn't pretty or eloquent. It was just kitty key. Kitty key. 
Sounded like I was calling a kitty cat. Kitty, kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. For a whole week, that's all I prayed. Kitty, kitty. I remember after seven days, I got one new word. Kitty, cow. I was so excited. Hey! I got a new word. Ah, ha, ha. Now, now I got. I, I actually pray in four distinctive prayer languages. I pray four different ones. You said you get four. You can get more than one. I, I got my general prayer language. I got this deep intercession prayer language. I got this warfare. Like when I gotta go up with the devil, it's it changes. It changes. You say, well, why would you have that? Because when you speak in unknown tongues, you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. For you're uttering mysteries with your spirit. Oh, I just started going crazy after God, following God. Read the Bible, New Testament through three times in the first 12 weeks, I was saved. Listened to so many different preachers. Man, I was so hungry for God. Someone say hungry for God. One of the things that I learned is a principle early on, and that is from this. It's Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And it is the driving scripture in my life. It says this, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by, the violent take it by, now, either we're going to believe the word of God to be true and act like it's true. But I see so many people in church that love God, but they sit back, keep waiting for God to give it to them. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll give it to me back here. If the Lord wants me to have tongues, he'll give it to me. He's not going to send an angel down, pry your mouth open, pull your tongue out and go blah, 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 blah. The Bible says they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Somebody say, take it by force. You know, in the scripture in Mark where it sits there and says, if you believe that you have received, you will have that which you ask for. Well, that word receive is not a passive word. That word receive literally means to take it now. If you believe, and that word belief is not just vague, oh, I kind of believe. It is literally the verb form of the word faith. It's the Greek word pisteo, faith. So it is the action of faith. If you're in an action mode that you take right now that which you've asked for, you're going to have what you asked for. Uh, Y'all here, come on. Somebody say take it by force. Somebody say take it by, take it by. You're kind of getting it. I need a young volunteer, someone eight or nine or ten years old. Oh, come on here. Jump on up here. Yes, yeah, sweetheart, come on. Underlay, underlay, run, run, run. Help me out up here. Come on up here. Oh, look, look at that pretty dress. Come on up here. Hi, what's your name? Sadia. I just speak in tongues. I'll get a shekarabaha. I'm sorry. I didn't want to say that, that name because I might mispronounce it and it sounds... Not good. Okay, hi. Tidiwa? Tidiwa. 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 That's such a cool name. Okay, how old are you? Eight. Eight years old. Do you like presents? 
Do you like money? Trust me, you're going to like money. Do you like buying things? Yes. Okay, you, you get money, you can buy things. Do you like money? It's not unspiritual. Say your name one more time. Tadiwa. Tadiwa, would you like me to give you some money? You don't know. Girl, you're going to have to learn to take it by force. All right. Well, because well, we don't have time. I'm going to do this anyways. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some money tonight. How about, how about $20? I hereby, Tadiwa, give you this $20. Everybody celebrate. Hey, Tadiwa, come on, come right, stand right here. Let me ask you a question. Are you enjoying your money? Yes. Let me, let me ask you another question. Is this your money? Yes. Very good. Is this her money? Who said no? Who's calling me a liar? I have given my word. This is her money. Now, does she have the power to use it yet? No. Why? Because she, even though it is hers, she has yet to receive it. She has to take it by. So somebody tell her what to do. Tell her what to do. Somebody, you got to tell her what to do. Tell her what to do. Oh. There you go. Now, you know how we normally are? We normally sit back. Can I borrow your money just for a moment, please? Can I borrow it just for a moment? Okay. I like her. You know, we normally like God says, here's the promises. Now, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. And we wait for God to push it on us. But the Lord says, no, I've offered you the word, but you've got to go out and take a hold of it. Somebody say, take it by. Take it by. Take it by. Tadiwa, go and enjoy your money. Woo. I will not have a problem getting a volunteer next time. Glory to God. <laughs> I promise you, you'll never forget that example. Glory to God. I was, like, I was a little freaked out there for a moment. I said, wait a minute, I thought you were back there, and now you're here. And I... Thank you, thank you. So which one did I give the money to? She got the money? You're a twin? Well, come take it by force. Come and take it by force. There you go. Next time I'm not picking a twin, I'm going to lose more money than I get in the offering. Dear God, don't let quadruplets show up.
celebrate this incredible night tonight, celebrating the suffering of our Christ, but the resurrection of our Christ, this incredible weekend. I want to pray for you tonight, and God's going to touch many of you in a very powerful way. Woo! I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. And I'm going to quote from the Amplified Bible. Let me do something here. I've got to tap into the microphone. My thing will tap into the internet. So it brings up the right thing. Father, we give you praise. Ephesians 1.17. Apostle Paul is praying. And he's praying for the most spiritual people of his day. And that was the church at Ephesus. They were not the baby Christians. They were the mature ones. And he's praying for the mature ones this incredible prayer. And he prayed for, he said, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Someone say glory. That he may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By ha verse 18, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Somebody say the understanding. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. What light? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 says, It is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God as revealed in the face of Jesus. Paul is praying that a supernatural gift of God, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, now, he's talking to people that are already saved. He's talking to people that are already mature. And he's saying there's another level of an anointing that I want God to give you. And it is supernatural eyesight to see the very mysteries of God. There is, God said, has been given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow or the protection of the Almighty. It didn't say he who visits the secret place. It said he who learns to dwell in the secret. There's a whole lot of difference between visiting there once in a while on a Sunday morning. In fact, most people don't even visit there on Sunday morning. They simply watch other people visit there. They're entertained by watching the intimacy of those who are on the platform instead of engaging in the worship. That, well, we won't go there right now. But there, there's a difference between visiting the secret place and learning to dwell in the secret place. It's when you learn to dwell in the secret place that you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's when you learn to dwell in the secret place that a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. That you will not fear the arrow by day or the pestilence that stalks at noonday. You will not fear those things. Why? When you learn to dwell 
in the secret place. But how are you going to dwell in the secret place if you don't understand the secrets of God? But someone say this, it has been given to me to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But just because it's been given to you doesn't mean you have it. Just like I had given her the money, but she had yet to receive it. She had yet to reach out and take it. The Bible says in Hebrews that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The secret things. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. I got to show you this. Don't mind me. I'll talk to the Father for a moment talk to you. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but that which is revealed belongs to us and to our children. Someone say forever. So as long as something is a secret, it belongs to God. But once it's revealed, it belongs to us. See, there's many people, many people, even in the spirit-filled churches, that they love God, but they die of sickness and disease every day. Because even though they love God, they don't have the revelation that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. There's people that love God. Every, they love God. They serve God. They're faithful to go after God. But they but they. they suffer with lack all the time because they don't have the revelation of the secret that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God is not obligated to simply push on you the fulfillment of his word. He's made it available, but he says, no, you got to come unto me and I will in no wise cast you out or close you away. There's a lot of people, once you get, I remember I was watching Jesse Duplantis one day. How many ever heard of Jesse Duplantis? Brother Jesse. He's, he's hilarious. He gets away with stuff I couldn't say. He, but he was talking about how when he was a young Christian, he got into, the, into, into the, uh, Isaiah and he read this and he said, Pastor, Pastor, he said, did God say this? He was wounded for, by his stripes, we are healed. His pastor said, yes, sir. Yes, he did. And he said, then, pastor, I ain't getting sick no more. And his pastor was like, like now, 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 Jesse. Now. No, what do you mean, now, now, now? Did God say it? Yes, he did. Can God lie? No, he can't. They ain't getting sick no more. Now, Pastor Jesse, I just don't want you to get disappointed. Why, why am I going to get disappointed? Did God say it? Yes, he did. I ain't getting sick no more. And for 20 years, he never got sick until one day when he moved and they moved over to a new place and they, there was no food in the house except some old Vienna sausages. And he went and reached for it and he said, the Holy Ghost said, don't eat that. But he was like, I'm hungry. And he opened it up. That thing had been expired for 12 years. And when he ate it, he got so sick. He said he was sitting, he was in the bathroom, stuff coming out of every, every orifice. He got on the phone and said to Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth, pray for me, I'm dying. 
But when I heard that 2001, something jumped inside of my spirit. And I said, I ain't getting sick no more. Now, I was, listen, I had been traveling the nations of the world. I'd flown over 3 million miles. That's 120 times around the globe, around the equator, if you count it that way. I've been, I've ministered to millions around the world, trained up, raised up over 150,000 pastors in week-long schools of ministry. God had been, and at that point, God had been using me greatly. But I would get a cold or sick three, four times a year. You know, my kids were going to school. They'd get sick at school. You all know how it goes. And they'd come and give it to me, and then I'd give it back to them, and they'd give it back to me because we've always believed in giving and receiving. And I said, I ain't getting sick no more. But it wasn't enough I was just going to say it in my private place. I, I went into the pulpit the next day, and I said, I declared, I'm not getting sick no more. No sooner did I say it that somebody walked up and said, well, what's going to happen if you do get sick? I said, I'm going to get better, and I'm going to keep declaring I'm not getting sick no more. Because even though I, if I haven't yet learned how to work the word, doesn't mean the word doesn't work. No, y'all didn't hear that. Just because I haven't learned how to work the word, doesn't mean the word doesn't work. And I... One year, didn't get sick. Two years, didn't get sick. Three years, didn't get sick. Four years, didn't get sick. Then I woke up one morning, and you know how you feel it? And it's like all the symptoms coming on. You know what I'm talking about. My nostrils, you know, sinuses dried out. And you're feeling And my brain was saying, I heard this voice saying, well, that's, you're getting sick. You're getting sick. You're getting sick. And I, I even heard this voice say, it's been a good run. You went four years, but what'd you expect? And it wanted me to open my mouth and agree with it. But instead of opening my mouth and saying, I think I'm getting sick, I opened my mouth and said, I don't get sick no more. I said, divine health flows through my body. And I kept praying it and declaring for about 30 minutes, and all the symptoms just went away. Well, glory be to God, it's been 17 years, and I don't get sick no more. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Because the word works when you have the revelation of it. So he says, Paul's paying, I want, I want you to have this incredible gift, this supernatural anointing, this special anointing of wisdom and revelation. So you can see into the mysteries and secrets of God. Why? Because when you see it, you can have it. Someone say, when I see it, I can have it. Say it again. When I see it, I can have it. So it's, the issue is not the fact of we, we wonder what God is. The Bible says it's, it's, it's this revelation anointing. If we can see it, we can have it. Maybe that's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of, why are they destroyed? Because when they don't see it, they can't have it. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Oh, Jesus. Woo. Is your faith beginning to rise? Come on, we're going to take it by force. 
because I'm going to pray. I'm not here preaching this tonight just so you can be encouraged. I'm preaching this tonight so we can pray for you like Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that you might receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I'm not talking to you something that's out of my theory or some good message I heard some other good preacher preach. I'm talking to you something that I have received by a divine encounter with God. Pray in the Holy Ghost for about 20 seconds. Come on, come on. Come on, I know he knows what you're thinking, but he wants to hear you say it. Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in, or a better translation, through the knowledge of God. Now, what is grace? Can I, I'm going to give you some stuff tonight. You ready? You ready to feast a little bit? What is grace? It's not just this ethereal thing, and it's not what most of the preachers on TV are saying it is. Great, they have confused grace with mercy. Mercy is when you're guilty and you don't have to be, you're not judged for what you did wrong. Come on, you don't throw yourself on the grace of the court. You throw yourself on the mercy of the court. But you are not saved by mercy. You are saved by grace. And a lot of preachers out there that are calling it a grace message are preaching an, ex- an, ex- uh, an overextended mercy. And they call it grace and everybody's all confused. Grace is not this get out of hell free card. Grace is the favor of God. Undeserved. Unearned. You can't work it up. You can't pray enough to get it. You can't sing good enough to get it. You can't pay enough tithes to earn it. It is undeserved favor. But what's the purpose of favor? Favor gives you access to power. If you have favor with the banker, he'll give you access to his power. He can give you that loan even when you shouldn't qualify for that loan because you have favor. Grace is favor to access the power of God for everything we need for life and for godliness. Grace. Someone say grace is favor. Say it again. Say grace is favor. All right, let me help you out here a little bit here. All right, if I don't know this, dear brother, how are you? But I enjoyed watching you dance. He's been playing, and it was, I was like, I said, man, that white boy can dance. Oh, relax. So I don't know you. What's your name? Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob. I don't know Pastor Bob from anywhere, but I said, I, if I come up and I, say, and I write a note and I say, Pastor Bob, I give you, I, I give you permission to go use this credit card. And buy whatever you want up to its limit. And I give him that. How many know that's favor? Just hold, just hold that. Don't, don't memorize the number, though. He's a pastor. You got to be careful, you know. <laughs> I said, don't. 
favor. He didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. But I gave him access to my power. Because the bank doesn't care what his name is. They only care what my name is. They don't care if he has the ability to pay for it. They only care if I have the ability to pay for it. So that is favor. Now, wouldn't it be silly for him to run around the church and sing, I got favor, I got favor, I got favor, and then never go out to a store and use it? You say, you're a fool. You got favor, go access. But that's how a lot of us are in church. We sit there, we say, oh, we got the power. We got the power in the name of Jesus. And then as soon as you walk out the door and your tire's flat, <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? Oh, the, we can't pay the bills. Oh, wait, you got the power. Ac someone say Access. Say, take it by force. Now, very interesting. So he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Wait, wait, wait. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but that which is revealed, it belongs to us. The more you see, the more you can access. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge so when the revelation knowledge of God comes that is what gives you the favor to access the power that's why the devil wants to keep the church spiritually ignorant huh and it's your spiritual wisdom is not dependent upon your natural education it's not dependent upon your age it's not dependent upon where you were born it's dependent upon the spirit of a living God. For God gives, uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wisdom of the wise. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he will freely give it unto you. For he does not show partiality. Huh? You could be the most uneducated, low IQ person in this room and have the greatest wisdom from God because it's a gift of God. So grace is, so that's favor. But if I give him two credit cards, that's multiplied favor. What about three credit cards? That's more multiplied favor. What about four credit cards? You might be able to get two tanks of gas with that. That's fine. What about five credit cards? What about what about six credit cards? What about let's make it a holy trend, holy holy hook completion of seven credit cards? Now that's multiplied favor. The more knowledge you get of God, the more favor you have. See God in his brilliance. Hit it. He said, my secrets are with them who fear me. So I'm going to make sure that if they don't fear me, they can't understand me. And if they can't understand me, they can't access my power. But if they fear me, if they come unto me, I'm going to reveal to them the mysteries and secrets of who I am. And that is going to give them access to my power. Oh, God. God never intended for us to be a bunch of baby Christians waiting every week for the pastor to spoon feed us. 
Come on, come on, Pastor. Here, come on. Oh, yeah, and the pastor comes out. Here you go. Open your mouth wide. Uh, bu, 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 bu. Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, bu, bu, bu. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, you don't have to do anything in the church. No, no, no. God understands. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to serve. You don't have to sacrifice. Just here, little, little baby, I just feed you a little good. You know, here's your best life now. Feel better. Feel better. Feel better. Huh? It's time we grow up. See, babies are needy, right? Babies are needy. Baby, they, they want everything. That's all right. I'm hungry. Okay, honey, I'll get you something. I'm hungry. I'll get you something. Daddy, give me some food. When they're two, three years old, no problem. Let me get you some food. When they're 14, Daddy, give me some food. I say, there's the fridge. Make me a sandwich, too. And when they're 24, Dad, I want some food. Go get a job. And bring some food over to my house when you got it. Because the sign of maturity is not only you learn how to get for yourself, but you learn how to take care of others. The same is true in the church. The sign of spiritual maturity is not how much you can shuck them under and cut them asunder. It's how, it's, come on, do you know how to get a hold of the revelation of God yourself and the power of God yourself and have enough extra that you can bless and take care of somebody else? That we start, stop going to church more, less about what we can get from church and more for what we can bring to church. You can become a carrier of the glory of God. I said you can become a carrier of the glory of God. That when you walk into a church service, the atmosphere changes. You don't have to be having a microphone or singing a song or playing on an instrument. You can just walk in because you're so tapped into the power of God. That when you walk in, the atmosphere changes. Oh, God, that's how I want to live. Let me be an atmosphere changer. Jesus. Jesus. But you're going to have to be a person that takes it by force. I said you're going to have to be a person that takes it by, that takes it by force. Nineteen eighty-seven, January of nineteen eighty-seven, or March of nineteen eighty-seven, I had a tape series from an incredible conference that was in January. The first conference I went into, and Dr. Titus was in Unity in the Spirit. Dr. Shriller was preaching on this scripture, Ephesians 1.17, for just about six minutes. I don't know if you've ever had this happen. You hear someone preach something, and your spirit man says, there's something there, but I'm not getting it. But there's something there. So I rewound it and played it again. And I also learned something early on. When I'm trying to get revelation, I pray in tongues a lot. I'll pray in tongues over the word. Lord, show me what they're. I don't get what. what, what why did you do that? Oh, 
you say, why do you pray in tongues? Because I don't only pray in tongues, I pray that I may interpret. That doesn't mean I have to stand up and say, yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. Interpretation simply can be my mind understands the mysteries that I'm speaking. So I pray, I, I pray it a, play it a second time, play it a third time, play it a fourth time. Every time it's something there, spirit of wisdom and revelation, spirit of wisdom. For two hours, I kept rewinding it, playing that six, seven-minute portion over. After two hours, my roommate came home. I tried to explain to him what I was seeing. I started telling him and reading the scripture, and I became overwhelmed, and I, I, just, I just covered my face with the Bible. Took me several minutes to get my composure back. Then I said, I started trying to explain to him a second time, and again I became overwhelmed and I covered my face. He waited patiently as I got to a third time and a third time. I became I was telling him the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Again I became overwhelmed, and all of a sudden I had an open vision. You say, What's an open vision? All I don't see you anymore. My eyes are wide open, but I can't see you. All I see is this vision. I'm standing in a vast open expanse. And I literally see these words floating in the air. That God may grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I'm seeing it floating in the air. Not from behind the words. And not from in front of the words. But from within the very words themselves. I saw first time in my life. Visible Shekinah glory of God. I fell to my knees. I started screaming, I see it. I see it. I see it. And God spoke to me as loud as I'm speaking to you right now. And he said, son, through my word, you'll see me. God does not want his church to be spiritually ignorant. God does not want his church to be living in darkness and confusion and struggling to understand the foundational elementary teachings of Christ. God wants a people that are anointed with the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of their heart flooded with light so they will know and understand the hope to which he has called you and what is the glorious inheritance in his saints and so that you will know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. Because when we know it and understand it, we can access that power. And I'm telling you, God's about to breathe upon his people such a mighty spirit of wisdom and revelation. You're going to start having encounters with God. You're going to start seeing Jesus in the word like you've never known before. You're going to start understanding and you will access the power of God like you've never accessed before. Because when you see it, you can have it. Somebody stand to your feet. Somebody stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet and talk to him. Come on, 
Come on, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You say, God, I want this. God, I want this. God, in this resurrection Friday night, God, this resurrection weekend, God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Jesus didn't die just to forgive me of my sins. He died that I might know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Forget about everybody else. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence taken by force. I tell you the anointing of God is in this building right now. The anointing of God is in this building right now. Let's break through in the spirit round tonight. Every hindrance must go. Every barrier must go. Every limitation must go. Oh God, we want this anointing. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. We have this treasure in earth and vessels, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Come on, don't grow weary, don't grow tired. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh. You say tonight, I want this. Dr. Foss, I want this. I want this breakthrough. I want this anointing. I want this impartation. And we're going to take it by force. We're going to take it by force. You say, I really want this. Then when I count to three, I don't want you to hesitate. If you really want this, I want to pray for you. When I count to three, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to get up here. In the name of Jesus, you say, I want this. If you want it, get out of your seat. One, two, three, come. If you want this, come, 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 I got a bacarabo Come on, 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 come on,
In the name of Jesus. 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 Spirit of God. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh. Come on. Cry out. Ask God for it right now. Say, Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I take it by force. I take it by force. Right now. Right now. Right now. Now. There it goes. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now. 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 Oh my God, the power of God is here. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. The power of God is now, 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 now. Receive, receive, receive. Oh, oh my God, it's fire. It's hot. Stay under the anointing. Stay under the anointing.
Father, we give you praise. Somebody say, take it by force. There's more. Shh. Shh. That's all right. I'm not done. I'm not done. And don't just get a little prayer and then say, okay, that's mine. Never underestimate the power of spiritual hunger. That's all right. Stay. Don't be in a rush. See, our kids learn from us. Sometimes we get prayed for and then we quickly run back to our seats. Stay. Stay under the anointing. More God, more God. Breathe, breathe, breathe the breath of life. Now. More, God, more. We're not satisfied. We want more, God. We want the breakthrough, God. We want the breakthrough, God. We want the breakthrough, God. We want to take it by force. More, God. Flood it with wisdom and revelation. With wisdom and revelation. 
wisdom and revelation. Oh my God, oh my God. Keep receiving, keep receiving. Some of the singers could help me. If some of the singers, in the name of Jesus, now. Say the power is all over this young man that's just shaking under the power of God. It doesn't matter whether you stand or fall, it's just receive, receive, receive. Oh, God, I want more, more. 
Oh,